say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. Hey, good morning, everyone. A little bit of music here from Joe and Woody and the boys of the road crew. Start our morning with some road trip inspiration. Hey, Wade, good morning. Thank you for joining me this morning. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be a part of the podcast. Oh, thank you, sir. This is my version of Mayberry Television. I'm basically modern Amish. And uh, I figure this out as I go, but I, I was so great to talk with you yesterday. And uh, the AAA Road Fest in Tulsa has intrigued me ever since I saw its launch. And uh, it got me really excited about this. Uh, we're going to do it again this year in Tulsa on what dates? Yeah, we're uh, June 23rd, 24th, and 25th. That's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's 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 basically a, uh, a virtual Route 66 experience, if you will, I suppose, huh? Yeah, you know, we really tried to put something together that had a, a little bit of something for everybody, and that's always <laughs> a little bit dangerous in the event business. But um, I, yeah, I feel like we did a pretty good job. You know, we you got to have a car show. You know, there's no way to separate that history of Route 66 with classic cars. And so we've got a about a 250-car classic car show that takes place in the, the downstairs of, of the expo building. And then upstairs, we have family activities we've got a an 18 hole route 66 themed miniature golf course we've got virtual reality we have a pinewood derby racing area interactive art classes and so really trying to you know make it make it possible for a family to come and spend a pretty good part of the day and have everybody be able to have a good time and find something to attach to and then right in the middle of all of this stuff that's going on we have what we call the journey and that is the uh decade by decade historical exhibit that is you know basically a trip through time and a trip down route 66 from the 1920s to the present day i, I like the idea of miniature golf uh you know the, the thing that i get out of this is it's a great way to inspire a road trip you know instill in people a hunger to want to see more to get out there and do this that's exactly what we're hoping to do um you know when i talk to people you know i'm i'm in arizona you know today with you in california yesterday and you know we're we're talking to people in illinois and missouri and all up and down the route and you know what i say to everybody is that you know in a given year the route 66 road fest represents route 66 for maybe three six nine days total but the real route is out there 365 days a year and what we really want to accomplish is have people go through our journey see what the route was like during all those different decades get to the very last one which is the 90s to today which really speaks to the revival and the refurbishing and all the great stuff that's going on on the route right now and get people in their cars you know we want to get people excited enough about this to get in their cars and go see the route for themselves 
That's the idea. Because Route 66, you know, to borrow something from Marie Antoinette, uh, today I think Route 66 is better than ever. You can have your cake and eat it too. Uh, if you're in a hurry, you jump on the interstate. And if you want to have fun, you, you take Route 66. And I think the highway is actually today more popular than any time in its history. Yeah, it's really amazing. I, you know, and not just in this country, uh, you know, I was in Scotland in 2019 and I, I walked into a, a bookstore, a very small bookstore, and I was looking around and the guy behind the counter asked me if he could help with anything. And when I answered, he said, oh, you're from the States. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, where are you from? And I have my, my standard answer where I say Oklahoma. And then I immediately follow that with it's right above Texas because, you know, most everybody knows where Texas is. And I said, Oklahoma. And before I could get to my Texas bit, the guy said, uh, anywhere near Tulsa? And I said, well, I was born and raised in Tulsa, lived there most of my life. How in the world do you know Tulsa, Oklahoma? And he said, you know, three or four years ago, my brother and I decided to do Route 66. And so we flew over to Chicago and rented a car. We drove the whole route and we spent the night in Tulsa and had a great time. And we just loved it there. And I thought, wow, this is bizarre. You know? And this was before I was even working on this project. It was just one of those things that, you know, being a Tulsa and being, you know, born and raised there, you're, you're just aware the roots part of our DNA, you know, and I would not call myself someone that was obsessed with the root back then, um, but certainly knew about it and understood the basics. And, uh, but it really just kind of drove home, wow, this is, this is a big deal everywhere. And then at the festival last year, I had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people that were that were walking through and, and looking at things. And, you know, I talked to a guy from Germany that came over with his brother and did a similar trip and, you know, met a waitress in a in a diner somewhere in Oklahoma. And, you know, he finished his trip and went back, stayed in touch with this girl and ended up coming back and they got married, you know. And so this guy's probably in his 30s or 40s. You know? So it's amazing. It's just such a it's such an iconic piece of of america and really kind of symbolizes i think that americana period that you know people really romanticize about this country elsewhere you know it's kind of like uh yeah the american experience uh, distilled refined and purified it's uh it's just the, the absolute essence and and like yesterday in needles we had that gentleman from the mojave tribe performing native american uh, traditional songs that was so cool yeah it, it's it's such a rich and colorful and diverse tapestry. And it, it, one of the things about the Road Fest, I think that's so important, we have a tendency to see Route 66 in the context of neon and tail fins. And it's so important to, to what you're doing there, bring in the 20s, the 30s, and, and show this as, as a, a tangible link to the past, the uh, crossroads of the past, present, and future, if you will. And yeah, I think as you and I have talked about over the last couple of days, you know, I'm a, a very admitted uh, history nerd. And I, so I love, I just love history. You know, if somebody gives me, if I have an opportunity to read a book, I'm reading a history book. <laughs> um, and I think that it's a real shame that a lot of people would not identify themselves that way. But I think deep down it's in there. And I think that the the connecting point, just like the gentleman that you're talking about that was there there yesterday, 
it's about people, you know, it's about connecting to human stories. It's not memorizing dates and times and places. It's about the people that were involved and what motivated them and how it affected others. And so, you know, as part of what we're trying to do to make the journey as immersive as we possibly can, you know, we have a, we have two costumed period costumed actors that are inside each one of our decades and these actors do their research and you know they know what was going on on the route at their time at that time and what their how their character would have interacted with that and so there is a one-on-one -on -one, i mean these these people are fantastic at approaching someone and sharing the story and kind of helping kickstart the interest in everything else that's in that that exhibit if they see someone that's maybe not honed in right away and i think that just speaks to again it's it's that human connection in order to really get the importance of it you really got to kind of connect to a person or people during that time to to get the emotional connection you know yeah it, that's the difference uh, there the mom and pop businesses the small towns the norman rockwell feel you know us 650 12 all of these roads have that but it's the people yeah, Route 66, it's the passion, the vibrancy. Uh, it's, I don't have, I hate to use the word magic, but it's, it's, it has a magic ability to transcend barriers of language and culture. I've sat down with people who spoke almost no English from Japan and had an absolutely entertaining evening with the common denominator being simply Route 66. Yeah, you know, yesterday at the uh, at the needles event, you know, I had a chance, like I said, to talk to so many people, and it was a you know really different conversations, each one of them, and I think that's part of what's what's so cool about it. But I think you know we talked about kind of the going back in time and that Americana and all of that feel, but you know the great thing about it is that it it those kind of people are still out there. You know, I had a guy come up to me yesterday and was telling me a story. He's from California. He was doing the route uh, on motorcycle a few years ago. And in Oklahoma, uh, he, <laughs> he ran into one of the storms that we have so frequently during the spring and fall <laughs> and uh, literally tornado warning kind of stuff. And he pulled off the road and ended up at a, at a place where some people took him into a building fed him, <laughs> let him hang out. Uh, they were in intermittently being able to like get out of there and run home. And they literally said, Hey, the keys are over there. Turn off the lights and lock up when, when it's over with have a safe trip, you know? And I mean, that's one of those things that, you know, that's, you mentioned Mayberry earlier. That's such a Mayberry thing, but that happened just a few years ago. And so I think the, you know, the character and the vibe of the route is still alive. You know, you just got to get out there and, and get in contact with it personally. You do. And you know, the, the quirkiness, we were talking about Louis Keene from Uranus. Uh, there's so much of this that's still, it's, it is the people. It, 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 taking the time uh, to experience that, sit down, listen to people in a cafe, strike up, strike up a conversation. And I, I think part of the popularity of Route 66, in fact, a large part is probably rooted in this, we have all this social media. You have 500 friends on Facebook and not one of them. Do you really know, or would you even want to have coffee with? It's sterile. It's generic, but you get together at the blue swallow motel, the midpoint cafe, and you strike up a conversation. And the next thing you know, uh, you're, you're traveling down the road and you meet the same people later in Kingman or needles. And it becomes 
for lack of a better word, an extended family. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, again, I keep going back to this, this event, but this has been such a, this trip has been really transformative seems like a heavy word, but it really has been for me in, in a couple of different ways. And one of them is, you know, getting to, to meet you and talk to you face to face, Mike Ward, who, you know, I exchanged emails with for the better part of a year. I mean, he loaned me some maps, some vintage maps that I scanned and used in designing part of my exhibit, you know, but I'd never met him face to face and it was amazing, you know. Um, and the other part of it too, that, you know, I'm from Oklahoma, I'm from the Plains and I've, I have family in Chicago. So I, that part of the, of the route I know very well. And in the past I've been to as far West as Amarillo, but this trip is the farthest West I've been in relation to the route. And, it just strikes you, you know, the, the geography, you know, I was driving yesterday and, and talking to a friend on the phone and I said, it's crazy. You know, I've been places with mountains before, but when I'm, I'm driving and I'm looking around and it's like, they're 360 degrees. Like, you know, when, when I'm in Denver, I know where the mountains are, they're over there, you know, but here the mountains are all around you, you know, and it's a totally different landscape. The, the geography is different. The rocks, the dirt, everything is different. And I think, you know, people especially coming from Europe or the East Coast when they travel the route you think about what Chicago looks like and then that slow transition transition from you know Chicago St. Louis and now you're in Oklahoma and you know you're going through and it's like then you hit the southwest and it, it, you're really and then it, you end up at the ocean right and I it, you couldn't really see a better cross section of this country than than this road I mean it's just a kind of a perfect snapshot that kind of carries you through the the breadth and the scope of what the country really is. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it uh, it's mind-boggling. And that stretch that you, yesterday going up through Oatman, that's kind of partial to me because uh, that's where I learned to drive. I got my first job. But I tease people that a one-eyed blind man is not going to take a bad photograph out there. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's, it's stunning. And one of the things that just shocks me about that road when I drive it, uh, I was doing some research on a project a few years ago, and uh, 1939, the Arizona Highway Department, in a calendar year, clocked uh, 1 million vehicles on that road. Wow. And I, I, I just, that's just beyond comprehension to think that was an endless stream of traffic on that narrow, twisted road. Well, you know, it's funny when I told everybody in Needles that I was making that drive yesterday when that event ended, you know, everybody was like, oh, man, you're you're going to love this. It's so and everybody tried to describe it. And I've seen, you know, countless photos. And when I actually came out the backside, like the drive up is cool. But once you come out the backside and you're headed towards Kingman, it was unbelievable. It was so far beyond what I pictured by people's, you know, descriptions. And I, did, you know, I pulled off and took a lot of those pictures. So I hope your theory is correct. And I have some good ones, but I, I you just can't tell the story with the photo. And that's, that's a perfect example of, of what we're trying to do with the road fest. I can put the best photos of Oatman and that road that have ever been taken. And it doesn't come close to touching the experience of actually driving it. You know, I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah. Well, it's like the grand Canyon itself. It doesn't matter how good a photographer is or how much of a talent the artist has. There's certain things you have to experience. 
It's just, it's just, you have to just fly it, experience it. And you picked a great time. Yesterday, the weather in Needles is absolutely perfect. When I was a kid, we used to jokingly refer to that as Needless California <laughs> because it is, uh, I've been out here so long, I'm one of the dry roasted nuts. I'm a, I don't own a short sleeve <laughs> shirt. I'm a desert rat. But that river country, you get down there, Needles come July and August. You, it's not hell, but if you squint hard, you can see it from there. I guarantee you. It's just flat, hot. And uh, that uh, when I made my presentation yesterday down there about Edsel Ford, I was sharing, people would stay there at the El Garces, and it was so hot, they would they would put the beds out on the patios upstairs. You just yeah, couldn't I saw, sleep. I saw some photos of that. That was amazing. Yeah, you just can't sleep when it's 125 degrees. Well, I, I obviously very luckily stumbled into the perfect moment, I guess, because the weather has been spectacular. I mean, of course, when I left Tulsa, it was, you know, low 40s and rain and drizzle. <laughs> so, yeah. But I mean, it's been perfect for me. So I, I haven't even worn a coat since I've been here and it's fantastic. So that's what we want. Uh, you know, the, the, the uh, Road Fest, I, I tell you what, I'm so excited by this project because... Uh, we really need this. We need this great awakening. Uh, and I, you know, COVID, there was a silver lining to this. Most of the Route 66 enthusiasm, depending on who you talk to and the numbers you get, but probably anywhere from 60 to 80% of the Route 66 travelers have been internationals. But with COVID, Americans rediscovered the road trip. And, um, uh, RV sales went off the charts and families were, were traveling and camping. Uh, bicycling became a big thing again. And Route 66 is the centerpiece of that. And as we get closer to the centennial, uh, the Road Fest will play an even more vital role into uh, igniting a passion for road trips in general, but putting the spotlight back on Route 66. Yeah, I think you're right. It, it, you know, it's hard to put a positive spin on a pandemic, but if there is one, I think you're you're spot on. And I think that the the timing, the relationship between that time period and and how close we are now to the centennial, uh, you know, it's it's given us the platform to really to really start doing this at a level that I don't know that we would have been able to otherwise. And and you know, when when AAA came to SRO Productions, the company I work for, and said, hey, we want to create this celebration of, of Route 66 and we want to keep it, you know, building to the centennial, that that happened back in, I guess it was the fall, winter of 2019 when we started working on this. And the the initial one was supposed to take place in 2021. And obviously the, <laughs> the pandemic had other ideas on that. But, you know, we it enabled us to kind of refine some things. And, you know, our plan is to expand each year up to the centennial and really try to cover you know the whole route then so you know we're we're hoping and looking into and hoping to be able to do a road fest in in amarillo and uh, possibly in springfield illinois in 2024 and then you know we want to just keep growing from there and you know gradually adding in missouri and i'm I'm sitting here in Kingman today with plans tomorrow to look around and to, with the, you know, an eye on 
seeing if there's a place here where we can do one. And that's really, we want to take this thing out on the road and we want people to, you know, as many eyeballs as we can get on this thing, the better. And uh, so we're really hoping that in the centennial year that we'll be able to, you know, do events from Illinois all the way across to the pier. So. I, I've been, uh, one of the things I've been trying to do the last couple of years is, uh, uh take the show on the road and off the road. I've been speaking a lot. Uh, uh, like I was, recently I was down in Apache Junction, Arizona, speaking about Route 66 in Arizona. And uh, taking the show off and trying to draw another crowd uh, into the road itself. But, uh, you know, doing this along the road, while we talked about Kingman here, for example, some of these towns are so, uh, this is another thing, they're ideally situated to attract attention. Here in Kingman, we're 36 hours from Chicago by Amtrak. We're 180 miles from Phoenix, 100 miles from Las Vegas, and 360 miles from the Los Angeles metropolitan area. So it makes a great day trip. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, there, there's a couple of ways to look at it. And, you know, after after 26, you know, it, it, all things going well, you know, it'd be great to be able to take take the road fest to places, you know, to Atlanta or, you know, Detroit or New York or, you know, places that are not on the route, but still obviously have people who, who know about it enough to come and appreciate it. But I think that the one of the beautiful things about doing it along the route as we build up to the centennial is the idea that, you know, you can come to our event and experience the route at the same time. And so, you know, if you live in Tulsa, maybe after you do the Tulsa event in 23, you go, oh, they're going to be in Amarillo. I've never been there. I haven't driven that stretch yet. So let's go to this thing again and let's go to Amarillo this time. And, you know, the same thing coming from the other direction. Maybe there's some people from New Mexico that decide to, to journey over to the Amarillo version. And so, you know, you could actually experience some of the route in its true form and then, and then get the, uh, the Roadfest experience all in the same, same trip, which is great. Yeah, it is. Uh, I agree, keeping this on the road for the centennial. But, uh, you know, I, jumping ahead a bit, like you said, taking it to Detroit, uh, make the exhibit uh, focused on Route 66, but just generally on the Great American Road Trip in general. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be kind of fun. Tulsa is Tulsa is fast becoming, well, Oklahoma in general, the entire state, but Tulsa specifically is becoming the poster child for uh, how to revitalize a community using Route 66, how to generate interest. Those folks are starting to find a way to sell everything on the hog, including the squeal. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's great to see. You know, like I said, growing up there, I was born there and lived there most of my life. And, you know, you just knew that about it. You knew it was there. And I, I never really had anybody in my family pull me aside and give me a history lesson on it. But, you know, we knew about it. We knew it was there. And it's always been acknowledged. And, you know, you've seen a few things in a gift shop here or there. But what's going on right now it really is amazing. I mean, we've got things like the Mother Road Market, which is an amazing, you know, food hall and has retail built around that. And they're expanding that section. And you've got, you know, people like Mary Beth Babcock with Buck Adams. That's an amazing place. And really, 
you know, embodies the vibe and the feel of the route. You've got what William Franklin has done right across the street from there with Decopolis. He's got an amazing, you know, setup there and just up and down, you know, there's really just great stuff. The Campbell Hotel, which of course has been there forever, um, but it's, you know, back up and going strong. And it's just, you see all of these businesses starting to to pop up and revitalize that quarter there on 11th street in you know into what they're now calling the meadow gold district um it's it's really cool to see and it's it has always been a part of our identity but i think it's starting to take on another another level of importance now that's just really great you know and we've got you know our buddy reese is there with the association doing great stuff and ken busby with the alliance there doing amazing things and we're just very fortunate, you know, to to have the history and and be being able to leverage it in the way that we are, and really kind of you know bring that attention to Tulsa. Yeah, Tulsa, I, the neon sign initiative is. Uh, I think that's something communities could easily emulate. The Campbell Hotel is quite a story. I some years ago I, I uh, met the people who took that over and uh, brought it back to life, and some of the photos they had was. Oh my gosh, I tell you, uh, apparently that was a hotel only for a short period in the 20s, as I understand. And then it was, con- the downstairs was gutted, converted to a supermarket, the offices and apartments upstairs, and then it was abandoned. And uh, when they started the renovation, there was places upstairs where the pigeon droppings were two feet thick on the floor. Oh God. And I just, I can't imagine taking on a project of that magnitude. Yeah, it's, um, it's a, it, it, that's a, that's quite an undertaking. You know, I got the tour of the Algarsis yesterday and it, it kind of reminded me I've been a, a few places along the route. Now there is a, a hotel, which unfortunately the name is escaping me in Elk city that I, I was fortunate enough to get a tour of about a year and a half ago. And it's very similar to these other places that we're talking about. And it's just, you know, this, these amazing places with, great architecture and really good bones and you know just something you can just see in your mind it's you can picture how it must have been to walk into one of those those lobbies in the past and you know where i was set up at the at the needles event right outside my window was that beautiful courtyard area with the fountain where the train pulls right up and it's so easy to imagine what that would have been like you know, back in the early part of the 1900s to to get off a train there and the impression that that would make when you're walking off, off of that train into Needles. And so, you know, there's so many great buildings along the way. And I hope that everything we're talking about will lead to some of those being, you know, brought back to life and in a great way to celebrate the, the architecture and the vibe and the towns themselves. It's a challenge, you know, I mean, the, the, I, the economics of it sometimes make it impossible. You know, it just, it just, it just doesn't uh, work. But uh, I mentioned yesterday when we were uh, talking, uh, uh, I'll send you a link, but uh, a gentleman named Nolan Stoltz, his work has been most fascinating. And not only has he been rediscovering some of these totally forgotten towns, but he has um, also been... Uh, staying in a lot of these old air, uh, places that are now Airbnb, uh-huh. and he's been tracking down lodging, trying to get the feel of what it was like in the 20s and the 30s. And uh, real fascinating fellow. 
I'll send you some information on that. Yeah, I'm dying to see some of that stuff. It sounds incredible. And it, that's the kind of adventure that <laughs> that really appeals to me. You know, one of the one of the really cool things, maybe my favorite thing, it's hard to say, it's like picking your favorite child, but <laughs> one of the my favorite parts of the Road Fest is in the 1950s, we have a a two-wall area where we're displaying these photographs that were taken by Charles and Irene Custer back in the 1950s. And um, I saw, I read about this in the Chicago paper, and uh, I think it was the Sun-Times, and um, these photographs are unbelievable. And it's like, you know, you see there's so many photos of the route through all the different time periods. But the thing that's incredible about these particular photos is they have people in them. And so they would go into a small town and they would walk into the barber shop and say, hey, we're gonna take these photos. And um, the, they would get the, the barbers to pose in the shop or a dress shop or a car garage. And so beyond the, the setting and the building and the business, you're actually seeing these humans. Again, it's that human component where you look at those people and you can just imagine having a conversation with them. And I was so fortunate to, I tracked down their son, Charlie, who lives out in, in Northern California. And um, we were able to not only get permission to use the photographs, and we put a, a lot of them, close to a hundred of them up on the walls. Um, but we were also fortunate enough for him to send me the, the actual camera that they used to take these photos. Oh. It's, it's an old wooden box camera. I mean, it's, so it was even antiquated at the time that they were using it, but they, they used it because it was, had a, an element of drama to it. And the, this couple was incredible. And obviously we don't have time to go into the whole story, but it's amazing. Come to the road fest and you can read about the story on the wall, but these people were amazing, entrepreneurial, adventurous people. And they really were selling this experience and you can see it, you know, the way that the the way that Charlie tells it is that his mom, Irene, was the one who, you know, would charm the people into staying in the photographs because usually they wouldn't want to be in them, you know, and that, and that, you know, Charles would then take the photos. But, you know, that's, again, there's just all these little stories and all these bits and pieces that it's just never ending. You know, I mean, I, I researched before putting the exhibit together about two, two and a half years of research before I started writing and designing the walls. And, um, I'm, I haven't even scratched the surface, you know, I mean, every time I think I've kind of got my arms wrapped around it, I meet somebody like you and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> I have so far to go now. <laughs> well, I've, I, God, the more I learn, the more I realize how little I know. An example was the, uh, uh, story with Edsel Ford. I had no idea until 2015 when the historic vehicle association contacted me about uh, this trip they were planning. And here's a whole nother rabbit hole I found myself wandering around down. Yeah, they're kind of endless. I mean, I'm I'm dying to look through that that binder that you had the other day. So hopefully you'll bring that with you today when we go roaming around. But uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't know that story. It's it's amazing, and I love the fact that I mean, your what was your quote that you wouldn't take your jeep out onto that? Oh no, I would have to take do some serious drinking to take my jeep in some of the places. <laughs> And, and and to think that these guys, the year 1915, when Edsel Ford did this, he was one of about 20,000 people that went to that California exposition by automobile from outside the state. And it's just, uh, it, it's just, it's, I've driven Model T Fords and uh, 
the thought of driving cross country and through the sand and the desert in the middle of summer. Oh, boy, I tell you what. Yeah, my uh, my little rental uh, Camry that I'm driving on this trip yesterday as I was winding down from Oatman, I thought, man, I, you know, I cannot even fathom what it would have been like in some of the, the cars of the past. And not only because of the the handling and the tires and all of that technology, but, you know, I was thinking about specifically about like the forties when the cars were ginormous, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, that is a, that is the, about as narrow a two lane road as I've ever driven on and there's no guardrail. <laughs> so it, it, It's amazing that that was, that remained the road until 1952. Yeah, uh, it's really incredible. It's it's the most amazing drive I've made. I can tell you that. It's pretty, it's pretty slick. Hey, Wade, thank you for doing this this morning. And uh, I sure hope we've encouraged people to come to the Road Fest in Tulsa. And I hope we've encouraged people to get out on the, on the road. And uh, speaking of encouragement to get out there, I need to give a shout out to our good friends in Tucumcari, New Mexico. You can check out uh, a lot of the great things they have to offer at Visit Tucumcari E&M. And uh, a lot of people know Tucumcari because of its great motels, uh, Route 66 time capsules, the 1930s Blue Swallow Motel, the 1959 Motel Safari, and the 1964 Roadrunner Lodge. But if you take a little time and wander around Tucumcari, it's full of surprises. I, I don't know if have you been to Tucumcari, Wade? Not yet. It's um. It's, uh, that's got to be my next trip. I thought I was going to get it on this one, um, but the plans changed, and so I'm not going to be able to. So it's it's very high on the list now. Well, when you get there, um, I'll uh, and I'll I'll facilitate an introduction to Connie Loveland. She's she's just a, a wonderful person there with Tucumcari Main Street. But uh, just an example of one of the surprises in Tucumcari is the Mesa Lands Community College Dinosaur Museum. It's a nondescript building a couple blocks off Route 66. And it, it's small, but it will shock you because it is Smithsonian quality, wow. Paleontology Museum. Uh, they do, uh, they, they uh, uh, invite people to come along for a week-long dig every summer. And uh, that's another way to enhance a Route 66 adventure, I suppose. I need to stock up on some sunscreen and take advantage of that. Wade, thank you very much, and we'll see you in a bit. Sounds great. Thanks. You bet. My friends, thank you for joining us this morning. I, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it inspires you to take a trip to T Tulsa this summer. And, uh, well, we'll see you on the road, and if not, we'll see you next Sunday morning. Take care, my friends. Thank you. Bye-bye. Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America.
My friends, until we meet next Sunday morning, take care, travel safe, and uh, enjoy the adventure. Vaya con Dios, mi amigos.